0: Hi guys, and welcome to episode four of the Transformers Reanimated Podcast. Greg and I are here, and uh, today is not going to be a read-through of issue four. It is uh, close to some holidays here, and we've all got some travel plans, so Greg and I want to keep the same voice actor team for for the reading of issue four, since it's a two-parter, and we're trying to figure that out. It's probably going to be early December when we get that done. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Greg, we have a special guest with us.
1: We do, we do. Our our artist extraordinaire for our yes. uh, our covers for this little project. Yes, very excited. <laughs> uh,
0: Mr. Damon Bat, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. This is pretty cool.
0: We we owe you a very 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 large thank you because you. Uh, you found out about our project. You uh, uh, inserted yourself into it and have been a very prominent figure for us. You've uh, you've done some extremely beautiful art and we are truly, truly grateful for uh, for all your time, all your work, and all the beauty you have brought to this project. Thank you, sir.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, I mean, there's a lot of artists out there you guys could have picked from. <laughs> a few of them that we've been hearing from. <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's, uh, let's talk about you because that's what this episode is about. It's about the art. It's about uh, what you've brought to the table. Who are you, Damon? Where do you come from? Where do you hail from? How did you become such a perfect artist?
2: Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, originally, well, I'm out here on the East Coast right now. Originally, I'm from the West Coast, way little place called Boise, Idaho. <laughs> so actually not too far from where you're at. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I've been drawing and doing everything pretty much my whole life. About seventh grade, uh, around seventh grade, eighth grade, right around the eighth grade, I've kind of been like this, I don't know, I've mastered a lot of forms of art at that point. Like I could copy a lot of different stuff, painters, all sorts of things, and I was getting bored. And I was wandering through the art class, I got bumped up t- uh, in the seventh grade to be in with the ninth graders doing the art class. And in the hallway, someone had reproduced that cover that I'd taken a picture of, the Fall of the Mutants, uh, where it's like all the mutants are dead, going all the way back to the sunset. They'd drawn it like a poster, but in colored pencil. They did everything, even the barcode, and they had the uh, the comic book right beside it, which was much much smaller because this guy did a poster for him. And I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Comic books, people actually draw these? Like, it just like like I don't know. Light went on. So." Uh, I, I started grabbing comic books and drawing a few things and copying the art style and trying to figure things out. Then I moved. I went... Well, actually, at that time, I, when I saw that, I was in Ontario, Oregon. Then moved back to Boise, Idaho, and I ran into a friend named uh, James White. I have to mention him because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have not have ever gotten into comics. And uh, so he saw what I could do, started handing me comic books and saying, hey, draw this, draw this, draw this. So I draw a panel, but like, you know, on an 11 by 17 board. You know, I copy covers, do different stuff like that. And then he submitted my artwork to a bunch of companies. Um, the funny thing is, is like, I'm heading into the ninth grade at the time. And that summer I get a, a three um, pieces of mail. One was from D.C., you know, basically saying, you suck, you know, you know you're know, you not ready for this. And I'm just like, I never sent anything to these people.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I was just copy, Yeah, I was just drawing his stuff, his scripts and things like that. Then I got a thing from Marvel saying, hey, we like what you're doing. You know, here's a little script. We sent this out to eight other guys. You know, just get it back to us when you can. Do your best work, you know, and we'll see what would go from there. And I was like, well, that's really cool. And then the third one I got back was from Mirage Studios. And they said, we'd love your stuff. We'd love to see more. And so and then James shows up that day. He's like, hey, did you get emailed it in? I was like, yeah, look. So <laughs> it kind of went from there. Um, not a lot came from all those things. But I just started... You know, mainly drawing Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, things I liked from when I was a kid. Settling on Transformers and just going from there.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I've, ver- I've worked for various companies, various places, being published here and there. A lot of things that I, I had published at the time, I was under the age of 18, so my name isn't even on it. I couldn't sign a contract. you know. So my parents had to do that for me. And then around 2011... Brandy Dixon caught me online. Well, actually, a few people did. They, you know, people, like, get my artwork I started a DeviantArt and just threw it out there. Just putting stuff up there just to leave it out. And, I, you know, I get hits and people liked it. My Transformer artwork was what I got most, most of the hits for. But Brandy, she wanted to color stuff. And then she's like, oh, you know, she started coloring everything. And I was like, all right, I'll work with you. And then she uh, gets a table at the very first ever Shardacon in Charlotte in, like, 2012. Mm -hmm. And she invites me along. She's like, yeah, just come out here, be at my table, this and that. And I was like, all right, cool. And they told me that there was a few guests there, which were G1 voice actors. And for me, I was just like, oh, wow. It was Paul Eiding and Hal Rail, Perceptor and Snarl. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's going to be awesome to meet them. All right, I'm going to do something for them. So I drew up their artwork. And if you go to my DeviantArt or even on my Facebook, you'll see it. I did a page for each of them. That had all the characters that they'd voiced. And so I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, just, I did it as a gift. I just wanna say, you know, thank you. That's all it was, it was just saying, you know, just as a gift, saying thank you for, you know, you being such great actors and, and bringing life to characters that I still love, you know? And uh, when I got there, I got there Friday night and uh, text Brandy. Brandy was in the little Friday night party thing. And so she tells them that I'm out there and I have, you know, you know, have a gift for him. So Paul and Hal leave the, the the guest dinner party, the whole little, you know, special invite, get to have dinner with the, the voice actors party. They leave. They walk out to where I'm at, where I'm at the bar. And I have my kid running around the bar. So you have like this little, like, you know, seven-year-old running around over there. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, they come out and I got to meet them. She introduced me to them and I gave them their artwork and they hung out with me for about, I don't know, an hour and a half. And then people from the party are like, "Where'd they go?" So they start coming out there, and they're starting like trying to figure out who I am and what's going on. And it went from there. That whole uh, show. All of a sudden, I'm getting people coming up to me, asking me about the artwork. People who run the show. There was like a person with uh, TFCon asking me about some stuff. I think it was uh, Radio Free Cybertron. I'm not sure. One of the one of the podcast guys there. He came over and asked a couple questions and everything. Like, you know, how are you getting all this attention? Because pal and paul kept coming over the table and they're hanging out and they're you know they're doing voices for my son and they're autographing the prints that i have and leaving them on the table for people to buy and i didn't jack up the price either i was just leaving it how it was It's like hey there's you know free autograph there and it went from there and that's all because of brandy brandy was really pushing she's like i'm gonna get published i'm gonna get some attention i was like hey i'll go with you you know (laughs) but unfortunately at that point the spotlight kind of moved they're like Okay, well, you're drawing stuff, and uh, so we're going to go from there. And uh, David Sobolov and the other actors, they came over and started hanging out, and they all got artwork from him, and they were all, like, buying prints, uh, which I thought was really cool. It didn't really hit me until after the show when Paul and Hal are both, like, texting me, you know, and saying hi and saying how things are going. And Logan's getting on a little video chat with them, you know, on his phone. He's, like, calling him at, like, you know, 11 at night. You know, he like he it just goes over his head how cool it is for me that I get to meet these people that you know created this were a part of this cartoon that I grew up with and it's such a huge part of my life. And he's just like you know oh, they're they're just more playmates, you know. <laughs> right. Then the very next show was they skipped a show. They skipped um, ShardaCon was supposed to be the next year, but then they didn't do it. But then TFCon came down. They said, we'll go ahead and put TFCon in Charlotte instead of, you know, ShardaCon, And so I wound up there. I did more artwork for the voice actors like Greg Berger and all of them. And it just went from there. Now I get texts like one of the big texts was, was Arthur Bergman, the guy who does the voice for Destro. He texts me and I'll send you screenshots of it at like 2.30 in the morning asking me why I haven't done artwork for him yet. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, who is this? I'm looking. I was like, oh, no way. You got to be kidding me. You <laughs> gotta fucking shitting me. This guy's really doing this.
0: That's his that's his personality too, yeah.
2: I know, and I was just like, he's like, I'm gonna call. And there he was, I have Destro on the phone with me, telling me to do artwork for him. I about shit my pants. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. And like over the years, being with TFCon and all the actors, it's like I walk up to Greg, like Greg Berger, and he'll be like, "Your money's no good here. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and stuff like that." So like, he's always autographing stuff for me and doing things, and and uh, some of them like uh, Jack, oh, I can't remember his last name. I know you will kill me for that. Um, the voice of Prowl, he uh, he sent me his books. He autographed those and everything. Uh, Dan Gilvezan, he's really great to talk to all the time. Um, he uh, sent me his book. He autographed one for Logan. So it's just I'm like living this like kind of this surreal dream just through, just basically because of my love to draw Transformers. And uh, the way I decided to always draw the Transformers was, you know, based off the comic book at first because that's what I was drawing from and the cartoon and always adding just a little bit of aspect of the toy to it. Like a little bit of detail, you know, to kind of, so that way when your mind looks at it, you're thinking of both of them so the nostalgia hits you on both ends. And I always pull the toys out too when I'm drawing them. Like if I'm drawing Blaster, you know, I'll take a couple of little details from the stickers, like on his shoulders and things like that, and just kind of add it, even though it's not on the animation model. But I'll stick with the animation model almost 100% and then just add some details so that way it's perfect. Because, you know, for me, the ones who got it right is I love the last few years of the Transformer comic book. Although there was an early artist in the Marvel books, Um, I think his last name was Springer. Um, He did like the issues where they dug up the Dinobots early on. His artwork was amazing. That one that really inspired me to really kind of like, like I didn't have to draw exactly what they were. I was like, I just saw this different style. But when Dreamwave came along, as much people want to bag on Pat Lee. It was him who came up with a commercialized anime version of the Transformers that just like made everyone freak out. I mean, if it wasn't for him doing the posters and the other stuff that got him leading up to it and got him the license, I don't think Mm -hmm. it would have been as big. And then all the other artists kind of copying the big bulky style and and the weird anime look and the strange um, camera angles and the different ways that you look at them. I was just like, wow, they really hit huge. And so that influenced how I was drawing them. And so that's that's pretty much what I stuck with. But I do have my own style in it, so it doesn't look identical to someone else's. But I do use the crazy camera angles. I kind of look at all my artwork as if I'm looking like through a fisheye lens. And if you look at my artwork, you'll start realizing that and you're like, yeah, that does fit because you know some of the perspective where the hands or feet are coming at you and they're like really big. Like really bad out of proportion, but at the same time I, I keep sizing them. Sometimes I'll, I'll do a video for you guys so that way you can see me resizing a leg or a foot or a hand like 30 different times to get it <laughs> absolutely perfect. You know, you'll see it. And, and it, I do that with your covers like the, the last one where Frenzy is reaching up to Cosmos. I must have redid that hand 20 times and that arm and the body angle. Because if you look at the rough draft, it's at a slightly different angle. And so is Jetfire. He's kind of more nosed towards you. Yeah. But when I was drawing the perspective of it to keep it looking, I was like, this doesn't fit. You can't. All it looks like is the nose of a jet. It doesn't. So I had to kind of change the angle a little bit so you could really see a good profile of Jetfire. Or Skyfire, sorry. I like Skyfire better, but I've been calling Jetfire lately for some reason. But that's what happens when I'm resizing these things. I really need to shoot a video so you guys can see just how much erasing where I'm like going through and trying to fix this and like get the right camera angle. Yeah. Um I'm sure there are a lot of artists who do it, but at the same time, like I see some other artists, they it just seems like they get it perfect the first time. And I'm like, am I ever gonna hit that stride? And do I wanna hit that? You know? Yeah. Because for me, if I'm not second guessing my work, it kind of makes me feel like maybe I forgot something or I left something out or I'm going to wind up redrawing it completely.
1: Mm. You could almost be sort of overconfident. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. um, I'm overconfident. I know my work looks good. You know, I hear enough of that and I got a big fat ego from that, but you know, (laughs) who fucking cares? You know, (laughs) as long as I'm producing the work, and it looks good. It's like what I was telling Yoshi there that with every cover, I want to like outdo the last cover you know so that way i'm looking and i was like all right i did it like this i can do it like this i can do it like this. so this way every single time you know it looks better and better i get you know a little more angle or a little something else or you know and uh well yoshi you've got the rough that i sent you for the next one and everything what i picked out for that and that that hit perfect so i want to make sure i draw the crap out of that thing <laughs> i don't know did you send it to greg
0: I did. I did send it to you yeah, and it just so blows fantastic. my mind that you were able to take literally three bullet points and in one cover you figured out the the entire tone I was shooting for. And I don't know if Greg feels that way after having read the script, <laughs> but I, I certainly felt like you you captured the tone and it's it surprised us cuz like you know, I met you at a TF con. It was probably 5 ish years ago for the first time. And uh Mhm. I was just getting into sketch covers then and I was learning slowly that artists seem to work better with a complete idea rather than draw me ultra Magnus and I walk away. Like if if you say like, I want ultra Magnus, you know, looking like Robert Stack on unsolved mysteries in one of those frames, like that's more information than, Hey, draw me ultra Magnus and I walk away. And, uh, Mm -hmm. that's kind of led me, that's kind of led me to a lot of sketch covers that are homages to other covers or posters or album art or whatever. And that's how we started approaching you. I just, I wanted you to have a full idea. And uh, at the same time, and I I remember talking to Greg about this early on, like, I don't want to be one of those people that's micromanaging an artist. Like you're, you're here. You know what you're doing, you understand the look we're going for. Just show me it when it's done. Like I don't need to baby you. And you did remind me of that just personally when you're like, dude, I don't want to do an homage. Let's let me let me take a stab at this. And you fucking <laughs> you've, you've been you've been blowing us away. You've you've totally you're you're catching the tone of the book without giving away any big spoilers on the covers. And for me as somebody who's like I want to present a finished product to people like you're fucking nailing my dream and I appreciate that so much like you you get it Greg gets it I get it and it's like I feel like we got the dream team right now and I'm super stoked about it I'm I'm like I'm almost choked well, up I your it book really is, your
2: I'm, your book is like a dream for me as well so it's 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 the same thing you know I just I've always wanted to do something with the end of the cartoon you know it's like where's that gap and then you come along with like the perfect platform and so it's it you know when you got someone who's already on that wavelength it's pretty easy to for me to like hit someone's stride it's like okay you know they already have the exact same dream so that i you've made it easy for me to come up with that stuff and uh, as far as doing homages, I'm not against them. It's just doing every cover where I was just like, no, we can't do one every cover. It's like you know, no, and a, and you know, how about every every third cover? You know, just or if you have an idea, just just say this is what we want. Let me throw out an idea, and if my idea doesn't get picked, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Is as, as you'll find, uh, a lot of artists they have like a, such a I don't know such a, a easily bruised ego on stuff where. For me, I don't care. I mean, if you tell me you don't like something, I'm fine with it because that's kind of what I want to hear. Uh, You know, if I'm not drawing it right, I need to hear it. I want to hear it because it's like, oh, that looks like shit or you can change the angle or move this character there or that is not what I had in mind, you know, go this route. Then, you know, that's actually better because I'm a product of the 90s as an artist, uh, you know, and so... The '90s comics, the late '80s, the '90s comics, because you know that's when I started getting into. It, was around like '88. So through the '90s, if you look through that, there's smoke everywhere. There's, I mean, um, yeah. some of my biggest influences were like Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Art Adams, Wilson Pertaccio, and Rob Liefeld. And yes, I say Rob Liefeld because, like, I mean, I loved his stuff on New Mutants and X Force. Anything after that, oh God, I don't know how an artist gets worse. You know, you're supposed to get better. That <laughs> guy, man. Anyways, you know.
1: <laughs> I think, well, you know, like you said, we you get sort of overconfident, or you don't listen to um, critiques, or you think like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I can draw this, and it's perfect. I know. You know, whereas well, maybe that's what happens to some of those guys. They're not. Uh, you know, it's like someone might say, ah, this looks a little bit awful, this looks a bit rushed, and we're like, don't talk to me, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so. Like, don't you know who I am? Like, whereas you you don't seem to be like that at all, Damon. You, you're you very much like, hey, like, tell me what you think is wrong with it, and, you know, if I think, if I agree or I can try and make it better, let's, you know, let's talk about it.
2: Well, yeah, because I look at it this way, you know, when people are paid for something... They're not paying me for my vision. They're paying me for how my artwork looks. And uh, I learned a long, long time ago through a lot of good friends, like my friend James I mentioned, and through others, that you know you got to keep your ego in check with your artwork. And so that way you can always get better. Because if you don't, and you think you're the best all the time, you're not going to be the best all the time. You're all you're just going to get worse, and and people aren't going to come to you for anything, and. That's why I always listen. I always ask the people because like when someone gets a commission from me, usually, um, well, you can ask Yoshi there. Um, I, I rough up a lot of roughs. I come up, I get their idea, but is the camera angle, the same camera angle they had in their mind? You know what I mean? It's like, is it viewed from the side, the top, the bottom, or is it coming head on? And so you do, I, I run up a bunch of roughs and I, and I tell them, I tell people, it's like, look make notes on the roughs. you can circle this saying, I hate this, or I love this, or can this fit in this one? I love this on, you know, rough one, number one. And I love this on rough number seven. Can you put those together? And then I'll come up with another one and say, all right, is this what you were looking for? And, uh, you know, because like I said, they, they want my artwork, but they want it how they see it, you know? Um, whereas like a lot of artists, like well, you've had this Yoshi, where you know you're you're going down Artist Alley and you're looking to get drawings and stuff. And um, if you're not specific, you're gonna get whatever it is they give you, you know. And and a, and a lot of artists are just used to being able to like you know, oh, I know exactly what they want and is in and bullshit. No, you know, I don't care what artist you are, you know. <laughs> it's like it's like what these covers and everything, and like everything that else I'm doing with you guys is just um, you, you have to listen to who wants what, like, like what I said, like going back to the first cover, um, I had an idea, well, we'll keep it like this, and I kind of fought a little bit, and then I realized, no, their vision is this, this is exactly what they're looking for, because I thought about even changing the ropes to, like, chains, you know, things like that, and I was like, no, the cover has ropes, let's go ahead and draw those ropes exactly like they are, you know, and that was something I didn't even submit to you guys, I didn't even say, you know, how about chains, you know, that's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know, just trying to make sure it's perfect, I, I, you know.
0: That's a level of micromanagement I don't want to be a part of. Like, you know, Greg and I have never written a comic book before. We don't know what happens when, when somebody signs you and you do Like, we have written these descriptions in in the issues that, you know, if an artist is going to come in, hopefully one of the, you know, handful of artists we prefer wants to come in and do the interiors you know we know their style we've got our descriptions written like is it even our place to be critiquing every page and every panel and is that the best use of our time like at what point do we divorce ourselves from it so we can keep producing content you know it's i don't know i don't I'm I'm really comfortable and I've gotten really comfortable over the years to submitting my, my sketch cover requests to an artist and just walking away like they'll get it to me when it's done I don't need to I don't need to oversee every single pencil stroke or ink stroke like I'm I'm done and I'll be thrilled when I find
1: see the final piece
0: see I think my
1: my critiques as far as sort of micromanaging I think would only be if it was like story related or something like that it's like no, no, it has to be this way or you have to be close on, you know, um, Megatron's hand in that shot or something like that because in two issues' time we're going to go back to that or something like that, you know, or, or, or the end of the story or part two or something like that requires that we sort of have that... It's going to it's going to match a shot from the issue one or something. But, yeah, as, as far as... Um, you know letting artists do their thing i mean even uh damon when you first sent through some rough sketches of what like in the interior of issue 2 might look like i said to yoshi like this is exactly how we've sort of laid it out like there's a, sh- a wide shot and you can see prime and and black Rock and wheeljack sort of in front of the uh the energon distillery or whatever you want to call it and then there's a the next shot where you know Megatron coming into frame and things like that, and it was like this is, and they were just rough pencil sketches, but you could tell who everyone was. You could tell that's Wheeljack, that's Inferno, that's Red Alert, etc. And it was laid out like exactly as I, I know I, how I saw it in my head. So I was like, man, if this, if, if we were picked up and this was a, a team, like I mean, it's gonna it would be a very simple process of just being like, okay, here's the story, go draw it. Like and I have all the confidence in the world with Damon, with you to be able to just go like, yeah, yeah, I know what he wants because he's written it down, you know. And if and if it's not, I see that more as a fault on, on us as writers not getting that idea across, let alone not not being from the artist to say like, well, I drew what you wrote. It's like, ah, eh, that's not what I meant. It's like, well, man, you have got to write it better then. So that you know that would then make me go back and look at the writing and say like, okay, last time I wrote it like this. And it wasn't drawn how i how i pictured it in my head so where is it is that my fault have i not written it properly and i would say 99 percent of the time in cases like that that's that's what the problem is it's a it's a case of someone having an idea in their head and not being able to translate it onto the page to give it to an artist to to draw
2: well that 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 um uh, i'm kind of on the fence on that one um for me i mean i do have a lot of experience drawing comic books and so therefore, um, you, you, you get that when I put that on the page and everything, because, you know, I'm an artist who does as he's told. And so when I do read it, it's, I look at it this way. The writer's always right. You know, the writer that there, it came from them. All I'm doing is, you know, I'm just the director. I'm the cameraman, you know, I'm the one who, you know, sets it up. Um, a lot of times don't second guess yourself as a writer, um, as a writer, seriously, you got to be like, you know, no artist, you do as you're told, um, because there are a lot of them. That be like, well, what about this? Or so they want to add a panel. If they add a panel, it's got to go with what you're saying. Like what you're saying, you know, like what the example, like, well, Megatron's hand has to be like this because later on it's referenced like this. You know, you got to make sure you, as a writer, and I got to say this to both of you, you control your comic. It's okay to micromanage a panel. It's okay to say. You know, this has to be this way because if it isn't, I mean, the artist didn't write it and that's why I'm always like, looking. whenever I send you guys those roughs and everything, I'm just waiting to see, you know, it's like, okay, what do I need to fix? Because, you know, that's the way I approach it. I approach it as like, I may have gotten it right. I hope I got it right, you know, but I'm prepared to fix, you know, whatever it is, because it's your vision. Um, don't let an artist, you know, dictate that ever. I, I, I I gotta say that as an artist, um, and kind of like, well, I can reference the nineties again with comics. You had guys like McFarlane saying, you know, we're, we're the ones who sell the books. And it's like, well, yeah, you move the needle a little bit, but last time I checked Spider-Man has been around for 60 some odd years and he's had more terrible artists than good artists you know, and he's still around. Whereas those good artists, they're not on those books anymore. You see what I mean? It's the writing and the characters that will always carry over, you know, and, uh, and speaking as an artist, you know, if others are out there, I might get some craps. You know, people listen to this and be like, Oh, fuck him. You know? And it's like, no, fuck you. You're the artist. You're supposed to be getting that right. You know, If, if you're given someone's vision, you're supposed to get it right. You are the artist. You are the tool. Your art will shine no matter what you're told to draw. Um, and that's the thing. And if you're not being told what to draw, well, guess what? You don't have a job and you might not be that good of an artist in the first place. You know, um, we, we have some artists right now that, you know, I've been talking to here and there, they're good, but are they publishable? Good. Uh, maybe, um, but at the same time, it's like they don't have any legs under them. They don't. They haven't been drawing scripts. They haven't been out there doing this stuff. And I kind of remind them of that. It's like, look, you know, just get some stuff done and do as you're told. Listen to some other writer, even if the writer's bad. And I mean in that they don't know how to write dialogue very well or a scene is really clunky or the flow is bad. It doesn't matter because that's the way the writer did it. And when the artist produces it for them, then the artist is supposed to just draw everything to the best of their ability. Um, And they're not supposed to be choosing too much stuff because you guys, your scripts are very clear. Um, That's one thing I did like about uh, you guys writing is I didn't have to really guess at anything that was going on. I didn't have to guess um, at the time of day. I didn't have to guess what was going on in the background. I didn't have to guess if the scene had changed completely. Um, it was very clear. It was written in a nice format. You guys are doing a really good job. I mean, like you said, you hadn't written a comic book before, but the way you guys have handled the scripting, I got to say, you know, you guys are keeping up there with any seasoned person out there that's ever written a comic. Cause I've, I've drawn for quite a few people and I even gotten scripts from like Larry Hama and them and stuff, uh, back, um, gosh, I have two scripts that Hama sent me for the Storm Shadow series, the little mini series where he has a solo book. And your guys' scripts compare to that. Where it's descriptive and you I mean you guys really know what you're doing. Even though you say you don't, I'm like looking at it going, it's like these guys had to have written something at some point. Because they got their <laughs> shit together, you know? And and these pages, they 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 flow right. Um And it's like they're not overburdening every page with like, you know, 50 word bubbles and 70 panels. They're keeping it around anywhere from three to seven panels, which is perfect. Um, Whereas an artist, the only thing I would ever even critique about your writing is that there was some of the panels where it's like, dude, I don't have to have every character in the background. I'm like thinking like, do I really have to fit 30 of them in there to show they're there? Or can I just fit this and like put most of them and that's just kind of me as an artist going you know uh, you know trying not to draw 30 characters <laughs> in a small box you know? but at the same yeah. time you got your, your writing i gotta say is very satisfying and I'll, I'll compare it to um well something everyone finds digestible like jk rowling's uh harry potter books i found them very satisfying because i knew what was going on in every scene everything was described You know, every color, every person, I knew where they were in the room. And in your writing feels like that. It feels like the cartoon where I'm not lost in reading it. And there's comic books where like you have the artwork in front of you, but you're reading and you're like, does that really go with that panel? And is that flow really right? And I'm looking through and I was like, "Ah, this is crap, you know, and I see in your scripts and everything, when I read through them, they're, they're just perfect
0: Damon, you've just compared us to Larry Hama and J.K. Rowling, and my ego can't
1: get much bigger. <laughs> you need a bigger this is, hat.
0: This is about
1: you. This is not-
2: well, I, I'm, I'm just saying, as an artist, you guys, I'm just saying, for me as an artist, having writers that know their shit and love the property and able to translate that to the page is why you're getting good art from me um so you guys really have to you know kind of look at it that way i may be able to draw the shit out of any character but you guys have given me that inspiration so that way i can make every page and every cover even better um it's like i like i said when you guys came up with this and you're like oh i want to do this and i was like oh i have to be a part of this i don't give a shit You know, whatever I got to do, I got to be a part (laughs) of it. You know, I'm going to force my way in. You can shut that door, but, you know, (laughs) you got like some 270-pound, six-foot Indian kicking the door in going, you're going to fucking let me draw this, you know? Because this shit is awesome. And like I said, my art can only be as good as the inspiration, and I draw from that. And when I get these scripts and and I, you give me these bullet points and something, I'm just like, all right, that's why I was able to hit that like the last cover, of the rough draft for you guys, um, because you guys are so in sync with the cartoon and the script that I'm like, I'm able to as an artist just pick right up on it and go from there, and then the art just comes right out. Just and it's so much easy to easier to put in all the detail and keep up on everything and add lighting and go back through and make sure. I mean, a lot, some artists will look at it like a chore, like, oh, I got to go make through and, you know, I have to check this detail or that detail. And it's like, for me, it's like, no, I want to check every little detail. It's like, um, well, the last cover when I submitted it to Yoshi, uh, remember I was like, oh, wait, wait, don't put that one up. And you're like, why? And I was like, eye glow, eye glow. And you're probably sitting there going, what the fuck is eye glow? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I realized that Frenzy didn't, I didn't put the eye glow on his visor. I was like, oh, shit. You know, because every, every cover, if you look, I always make their eyes, you know, glow. I put that little bit of haze on there to make it pop out. And so then I was like, all right, here it is. Here's the cover. And you're like, oh, okay. I, I don't know if you noticed it right away, but for me, I was like, there, now it's perfect.
0: <laughs> I, I had to compare the two. And, you know, in doing this, you might be your own worst enemy because you're teaching me how to critique art more than I knew how to.
2: Well, that's prior. that's the best thing. That's, the, that's what I want. I want... I want to be critiqued as an artist. I can only be as good as like certain things. But, um, as far as like creating for you guys, every issue, I actually look forward to it. I really wish I want to, I really wish I could clean up my schedule. It's getting there to where I can get it set up to where I like, I'm able to get other pages done with the covers. Cause I really want to go back to, uh, in all your issues and just start doing pages and start filling up each page and renewing, um, kind of like fan interest in it by saying hey look why don't you reissue number one again because i've added three pages and here's issue two i added like you know six pages of artwork to it um so that's a personal thing i'm working towards because you know i love your scripts and where everything's headed and so i'm really trying to get that set up and then you know i'm not going to let you guys pick pages on those i'm just going to grab them and just like throw them at yoshi and say all right upload this you know here's this page and you guys will be like oh okay cool but the, um, at, when, when I'm close to finishing it, then I'll send it to you to make sure that, you know, you can edit the page going, well, that panel's wrong or the camera angle moved on this. You know, that's about as much feedback as you'll get. You know, you can fix it. You know, yeah, no, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm picking the page. I'm picking the pages, you know. That'd be
1: good, though. That'd, that'd be way- interesting to see, like, what, what pages from a script, like, jump out at, at the artist, you know, like, to, to what sort of makes it you know jump out at you sort of to be like oh yeah i definitely want to draw that as opposed to page four or page 19 or something so it will be cool
2: well well some pages maybe because like you know i could be lazy going oh i don't want to draw that panel it's got like 30 guys in it you know? <laughs> but i was like That's i want to draw to this panel cause it's Yoshi. got this in it you know but but no no i mean uh, some of them uh some pages i'd pick might even be something you'd be like why do you pick that they're just talking you know but as an artist too if you can if you can make a page look interesting and all they're doing is talking doing nothing and keeping it from just being talking heads you know then you've done your job you know as an artist you're able to bring someone's you know script to life and make it interesting in the way that they felt it was interesting when they wrote it cuz i always take that into into in mind when i'm drawing something is like i think okay they wrote this page for a reason, you know, so I have to make it mean something. So as an artist and as a fan, what is it I want to look at? And so since I am the artist, you know, I kind of look at as, as from a fan point of view, watching the cartoon and the feel of everything. And sometimes I do that too. Like i watch the cartoons a lot. Like I'll put them on the background while I'm drawing just so that way I have the voices and the sound. I have something to look up and you know, that's part of my process, too, um, you know, is just having things on. Um, uh, I'll multitask a lot while drawing. I don't know if a lot of other artists do that. Um, but, you know, I'll try to share as much information here as I can for you guys. So you guys kind of have that way anyone listening and any other aspiring artists, they could be like, oh, I do that, too. Because um, there's a few artists that caught me at TFCon. And they're like, "Oh, look at your page! It's so dirty." I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of smeared my hand on it. Pencil does that. Have you never drawn before? You know?" He's <laughs> like, "No, my page is dirty." And I see people's other pages, you know, and it's like I see they're so clean. I was like, eh, it's because you know, they're doing it like this, or they're wearing some glove, or they put so." I was like, "You can fix it by putting a piece of paper down," but you know, I don't like how that feels. Because, like, if I have a piece of paper under my hand it slides a little bit, that, oh, man, it's like, you know, I want to flip a table. It's like, get that away from me. Um, But, yeah, uh, a couple of artists, they were just relieved to see. He said, and it was kind of neat how he said it. He's like, an artist of your caliber doing it just like how I do it. And I I thought that was really cool because it's like, okay cool so i'm i'm still doing like how everyone else is doing and other people see it you know there's no differences there and it it helps up-and-coming artists when they see that um and another thing too like when you see me at tfcon you'll rarely see me drawing i fucking hate it because i don't mind people watching me like if i know the person like like yoshi if you sit down with me at the next tfcon you just want to see me draw that's cool Because I know you, and I know you're interested in it, you know, the whole thing. That's not going to bother me at all. But when I got, like, eight strangers hovering over me and just making their own conversation like I'm, like, some fucking sideshow and everything, I'm just, like, there. And I'm just like, ah, get out of here. You know, call security, get, run, you know. (laughs) Right. You know, or something horrible. It's like, get out of here. There was one guy who kept bugging me and stuff, so I was like, fuck this. And I had gas that day, so I just started farting really bad just to get rid of him, (laughs) I was just like, I'm going to do the worst thing I can. And um, Daniel had come by. And he's like, what did you do over here? I was like, I had to clear the area, man. I had to get rid of some of these people. They're just I'm trying to draw. But at the same time, I try not to draw. I really try not to draw at TFCon or any convention. Because um, if you go down Artist Alley, you see a lot of serious faces. A lot of like, because they, they get really concentrated. It's not that, you know, they have this scowl on their face because they don't want people to talk to them. They just have that look on their face because they're in their art. They're in that moment and they're creating. Whereas most people see them and they're like, they're, they look very unapproachable. You know, you walk by their table and they will like, kind of look up, hey, and they'll keep doing their thing. And then the person's kind of left to kind of like, oh, all right, do I buy this or can I talk to them? And having my experiences being up and down artist Alley as a fan and as an artist uh, I've or, I just changed that. If you see me, I'm, you've seen me, we've been to quite a few cons together. Yoshi, you've seen it. I'm usually standing. I usually stay standing behind my table. I'm, everyone walks by, I say, Hey, yep. you know, I greet them, make sure I make an eye contact and just kind of like selling, ma- being approachable. And I wind up making tons of sales. Um, one of the artists came by and he's just like, what are you doing over here? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I just have to see. And I was selling prints for ten bucks. Everyone else selling their prints for twenty, so I'm undercutting them by half. You know, right. and then he's like, "What's going on over here?" And I'm just like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I'm talking to people. I'm standing up. I'm t- I'm having conversations." And because I, apparently, I guess a lot of the people who just bought from me went around the corner, went down the artist thing, and they were like talking about how different the experiences was from where they were at my table to where they were halfway down the alley, and. uh I thought that was kind of funny, but at the same time it's just like I get why they don't do it, but at the same time it makes me want to go by the table. It's like, dude, stand up for a second. These fans, they came here. All right. They just paid fifty dollars for a weekend ticket. They paid five hundred dollars for a weekend hotel room. They've been dropping hundreds of dollars on toys and artwork. Give them that fan experience. Give them that chance to talk to you. You know, give that chance give them a chance to feel special for a moment that, you know, not only did they pay for an autograph or not you know that they got a chance to meet someone who's creating the stuff that they love and that's not lost on me I'm always going to be a fan and in my mind I'm always going to draw like that I'm always going to think in that way you know what would a fan see and what would this character do as the fans know that character you know and that may be the only time I ever squawk with you guys on a script is if Something was done in the script that blatantly was not cartoon like and was meant for something else. I'll ask for an explanation. I'll be like, okay, help me understand this before I fight you on it, you know? And even then, it wouldn't really be too much of my place to fight you on it because I am just the artist. It is your script. That's your vision. Um, But that'd be the only time, Um, would be as a fan. You know, here we go with that.
0: That's the thing, though. <laughs> you fighting us on a script or a panel or a scene, we have learned is uh, <clears throat> it's not a fight. It's
2: we all the three <laughs> I of use us the term. I have, use that
0: term. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But the three of us all have like an area of G1 historical knowledge that the other one doesn't. And. Greg and I you know we've been doing this for a little while we're used to bouncing off each other and correcting each other and fixing it and moving on you come into the picture and we're like wait a minute where are you coming from verify uh, <laughs> fucking verify your fucking um, uh, prediking knowledge here because we really need to understand where the fuck yeah. you're coming from and, and you do and we're like oh shit homie's right we got to start over <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> yeah so like you know on one hand you're I, I get what you're saying you know it's it's our vision it goes the way we are on the other hand, you are filling in gaps in our knowledge. I mean we don't know everything we couldn't possibly know everything and it's it's been a nice uh, it's been a nice change of, of of fucking a breath of fresh air in some ways honestly but with that said Damon we uh, we are starting to run low on time here i wanted to I wanted ah. to give you the opportunity to uh, talk about the next two issues coming out and what you'll be contributing to them if uh, if you're comfortable in doing that give uh, give the listeners a little uh, little spoiler if they want to keep listening.
2: Um, yeah sure um, <laughs> I wish we had some video here so I can show you some of the sketches and stuff um, but the next the next couple issues um, I do have I've been sketching out quite a few things but as far as the cover like what you guys saw um, which I do need you guys to look at that cover. And make sure I have the right bots in the right spot for you. Because um, if we're going to do in that route with the, uh, um, the homage to the Fall of the Mutants cover, I want to make sure it's correct, but I can't fit one character in. Um, plus, that kind of gives away part of the script. <laughs> and uh, honestly, that's that part of that the script
0: might it. be changing, too.
2: Oh, that's too bad. Which is...
0: <laughs> Which is why I'm okay with it, with that particular character not being on the cover, but that part of the script might be changing, um, and uh, I'm glad you haven't read the advanced draft because you might actually cry because <laughs> it's really hard if we have to change it. It's it's breaking my heart a little bit, but Greg's bringing up some good points. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> well, when that, I see it, I'll throw homage, in some
2: details. I'll throw in some ideas.
0: <laughs> but that homage. But I, I do. Like, oh, go ahead. I said that homage definitely fits the tone of the book that I was I was aiming for.
2: Well, it felt like that when when you said he's going to be taking everyone out and doing some other stuff and a few other things. I was just like, oh, okay. And so the you know it's going to end like this. And so it's like, huh? Well, then it's got to start like this. And we got to you know for for a cover. I mean, I remember seeing that cover when I was a kid back in the day, and how it hit me. I was just like, are you kidding me? And the way you had it written and the way you described everything, I was like, as soon as you said I was just like, when you gave me the bullet points, I was like, oh, that's it. I was looking across the room and I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of this, send it to him, and then I'm going to quickly rough draft something out in like two minutes. <laughs> but um, one thing I am going to do, uh, I want to draw some pages from the Christmas issue, which um, you know, I know you guys have an awesome cover coming up for that one. And so I do want to do the last page and maybe one or two other pages in it leading up to the cover I have for the next one. And then I want to also try and finish up with another page inside there leading to the next one. So um, so I will be roughing out a lot of things like that. and And so that way, you know, trying to give it a little bit more. And then, like I said, I'm going to be going back and picking pages so this way it, it keeps the excitement up going, oh, okay, there's, you know, kind of like a back issue thing, you know. Oh, look, there's new art for this one, you know. And then hopefully IDW will, you know, get off their ass and fucking pick up the book. <laughs> or Hasbro. So, uh, so Hasbro just that everybody who's...
0: Yeah, seriously. So everybody who's <laughs> listening, just to be clear, Damon is doing uh, the, the X-Men homage for issue six, which comes out in February. Uh, and he's going to be doing some internal pages for the Christmas issue which comes out in December and uh because we have a guest uh guest cover artist for the December issue we haven't announced yet um, and that's really cool. I'm really excited to see all all the stuff you've got coming cuz uh we haven't seen any we haven't seen any sketches for the for the Christmas stuff yet but your your sketch for the cover for, Oh, they're coming. They're coming. Issue six. <laughs> I know. I know. But uh <laughs> thanks a lot man uh uh, greg you got anything
1: oh i just wondered off the cuff uh damon is there any particular character within the transformers universe that you like really like to draw and on the flip side of that is there a character where you're like oh no he's such a pain in the ass to draw this guy
2: (laughs) um actually i love drawing all of them but some of the pain in the ass ones uh Like Ultra Magnus, I love him, but his proportioning, the way he's set up, he's kind of a pain because of some of the smaller details, like how he's set up. Uh, But see, he's one of my favorites, so I love drawing him, even though he's kind of a pain. Um, I can't think of any any others. The main thing for me, like with a pain, is just like if I can't get like what they look like from behind or something else. Like if I can't find like the actual animation reference, that drives me nuts. But Um, As far as like some of my favorite characters to draw, um, I would love to do, you know, uh, like Blaster, you know, Blaster and Soundwave are always like favorites. Um, uh, You guys already covered Skyfire for me. You know, he's always a favorite. And as you can see, (laughs) you know, I drew the crap out of that jet. So (laughs) um, I always love drawing Dinobots, but my favorite teams are like the Technobots and the Terracons, but... They Won't be seeing any play in any of your issues because this is a gap and they weren't around at that time. But uh, well, you know, combiner great. teams, I always love yeah. combiner teams, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, yeah, we'll, well, it just depends on what you guys got going on, you know, because like I remember when we I think you'll, be su- I think you'll be. I think you'd be pleasantly thing. surprised because I was just like, wait <laughs> a minute, Predaking, King, he's a Quintesson creation, he's you know, showed up here, can't do this, pick someone else. <laughs> Um, Predaking is a pain in the ass. Yeah, history.
0: thanks. Thanks for making um, us rewrite that entire so. fucking thing. Appreciate it. That's really good. <laughs> well, it's so, I, I, it like, I think
2: fan, you'll really like the, I'm, I'm,
1: uh, the changes.
2: <laughs> I was just like, you can't do that. The Quintessons made him. I have artwork. <laughs> Watch that episode. It's like here, here, and here, you know? You're right. Um,
0: <laughs> you were right. You were right.
2: <laughs> um, I think like the mini bots, uh, some of them. I would love to see some of them, like Cliffjumper, um, he's always been a favorite of mine, I I love Bumblebee, always have since I was a kid, Um, I think I would love to like be able to draw like some of the car, some of the original 84 Autobots that didn't get a whole lot of play, Um, I'd love to see something like, you know, like Trailbreaker and a few others, heck, Skids, put Trailbreaker, Skids, Blaster, and a bunch of them together, all like the ones that only kind of like Got little stuff and, and give us a feature story on that. That'd be pretty cool. I'd love to draw that. Um, cool. But that that's pretty much it. Um, as far as that, uh, I do have my favorites, but at the same time, it's like, they're all my favorite, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I even like Wheelie. I mean, I'll, I even like Wheelie. You know, people are just like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> I was like, eh, I didn't mind him when I was a kid. You know, he's all right. <laughs> I was mad that I didn't see Bumblebee as much, but... You know, the rhyming little orange idiot, you know? He kind of grew on me, you know? (laughs) 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 So, I mean, I don't want him to, I mean, you know, you guys technically can't kill him, So, but you can write an issue where he disappears, you know? And say, like, where he left, where he took off, how he wound up on Quintessa. Heck, that that wheelie could have been there forever, for all we know. Or, or just abandoned? You'd be like, all these Autobots are like, screw it, we're gonna dump him here, and they blow up a ship and leave him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they let him out. Yeah, I go see if that we'll shark dog's right friendly. Yeah. You know, they're like, you yeah, go see if that thing's friendly, and as soon as he jumps off the ship, they just take off and leave him. You, know? <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, it's like, oh damn, like a little three-page short story. You know, Wheelie's origin. There you go. He was abandoned. <laughs> but no you guys are writing great stuff and that's 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 why my artwork's doing so well um it's because i got good stuff to draw from so you guys are just as much responsible for me being able to do it because if i don't have good writing my artwork's going to look good but at the same time it's i'm not going to be able to come up with like you know cover ideas and be able to get pages roughed out damon um I'm not. The way you want. I don't
0: pay you enough to lie. I don't pay you enough to lie. This this is established. You don't you don't have to do that. But but thank you for the kind of words. So, uh, sir, if uh, if somebody wants to hire you for a commission or hire you for a gig,
2: what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Um, uh, through Facebook, through DeviantArt. Okay. Um, heck, you, you know what? Yeah, you know, let's just do this. Let's put it on the podcast and see what happens. Uh, my phone number. Two five two nine eight five eight two six four. All right, so let's see uh, who calls me.
0: <laughs> I will. I will put links to the websites uh, down <laughs> below, but I will not repost your phone number. That's uh,
2: you don't I'm have to do that, but it's on this, the podcast, this. so we'll know who listens. <laughs> That's true. That's we'll see true. who listens to the podcast because if my phone starts lighting up, Damon. you know, just even from prank calls, it's like you know, would be fun. <laughs> Call up
0: Damon and tell him he's just doing a good job because he really is. <laughs> There's Rob Liefeld online too. All right, sir. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you you seem to tolerate us well, and you're in it for the long haul. So we'll definitely do this again.
2: Oh, I'm in it forever until the uh, book uh, dies or gets published and and goes on for twenty years.
1: <laughs> you'll have to uh, you'll have to come on one of our awful act, voice acting uh, shows that we do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, oh, yeah.
2: definitely. Really? Just give me a character. I'll do it. <laughs> sure. For sure.
0: <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. And uh, to everyone listening, if, uh, if you want to help support us and uh, are really enjoying what we've been putting out, please contact IDW. Uh, I'll leave information for their email address or their Twitter account down below. Just tell them that they're ridiculous for not setting up Transformers reanimated. That would mean a lot to us. That's the biggest thing you can do right now. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Later.